This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live, and it is time for our Prayerfully Yours segment. Almost every day we receive prayer requests asking for prayers for those closest to us, and we hold these needs close to us in prayer at Real Presence Radio. Today we're going to share these prayer requests, and we invite all of you who are listening to join in prayer specifically for the intentions. Here are our intentions for today. Please pray for Father Dana Christensen of the Sioux Falls Diocese, who was recently diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. He would like us to pray specifically for a miraculous healing through the intercession of Venerable Fulton J. Sheen using this prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth. Through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit, if it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor I now request through his prayerful intercession. We pray for the healing and also the strength of Father Dana Christensen, that he would be healed of the ALS that afflicts him, and that he would continue his priestly service to the Holy Church. I make all this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we continue our prayerfully yours as we pray for Mary, who has been placed in hospice. Father in heaven, we pray for Mary, and as she transitions to hospice care and prepares for her journey to the glory of eternal life, we ask that you would surround her with family and friends, staff and caretakers, as well as her angels and guardian angels and all those who would watch over and strengthen her, that she would be united with the Lord as she enters these final moments of her life. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We now pray for Richard as he continues his treatments for cancer. Lord, we ask that you would continue to strengthen Richard as he receives the cancer treatments as well as all the other afflictions that are with him. We pray for him as he transitions to rehab and that receiving these treatments and care, he would be strengthened by your grace. We now pray for people who experience chronic back pain. Father in heaven, we know that there are many who are suffering each day. We ask that through the prayers and intercession of Venerable and St. Jenna Galbgani, those who suffer from injuries to the back, that those who are troubled by this affliction would be strengthened by your grace and would continue to offer up their suffering for the salvation of souls. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we now pray for our young people who are preparing for the Sacrament of Confirmation, who are in for faith formation through CCD, and for our students in Catholic schools. Lord, we ask that you would continue to watch over and strengthen our children who are preparing for their sacrament of confirmation, for all those young ones who are preparing for their first Holy Communion, all those students in CCD. We pray especially for all those who are enrolled in their Catholic schools. We pray for their teachers and their catechists, and also we pray for their parents who are the first formators of their children in the faith, that all of us, following the Lord would be strengthened to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him in this life forever. Amen. We pray for the priests of the Diocese of Bismarck this week who lost their mothers, um, as there are are a few of them. Uh, We just lift them up today. 
We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen all those who have lost a parent and a loved one, especially your dear priest, that they would draw closer to the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, that she would be their strength and their hope as we mourn the loss of our parents who have gone before us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking this time to pray with us for these Real Presence Radio family members and their needs. If you have a specific intention you would like to be prayed for, please visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, or submit it under prayer request at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our app, on the Real Presence Radio listening app. Just simply click prayer request on the main screen and we will broadcast your prayer request so that you can be joined by all those faithful listeners around the area. All right. Well, thank you guys for the opportunity to pray together. And so up next, we're going to stay tuned. It's going to be good stuff. we got straight talk here in studio. Father Tim Smith is going to be here to answer your calls. You can have ask any question on the Catholic faith. So get ready. Call on in. The number is 877-795-0122. And I'm Chris Euler. My name is Father Tim Smith. And here we are, Holy Cross Church, Ipswich, South Dakota. Proclaiming the gospel and looking forward to the good things to come. We'll be back with you in just 60 seconds. God bless. Amen. If you're having a difficult day or need some support, log on to yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on Prayer Requests. From here, we invite you to send us your prayer needs so we can pray specifically for those intentions. And if you have time, scroll down on the homepage to personally pray for the needs of other members of the RPR family. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com and click on Prayer Requests. You can also send intentions to us from the main screen of our app. We're blessed to be able to join you in prayer. Thanks for listening to Real Presence Radio. Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network. I hope your day is a little better and your burdens are made a little lighter by the message you are hearing. Please tell others about Real Presence Radio and invite them to listen. If you've been listening for a while, please consider joining the family and offering your support. Our goal is to change lives by bringing others closer to Christ. And together, we are changing the world. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And you know what that number is? It's 877-795-0123. This is Real Presence Radio. My name is Father Tim Smith. And we are here to proclaim the gospel. Again, 877-795-0122. And that number goes right to us here at Real Presence Radio. It's an opportunity for you to call in with topics relating to the faith or things that are happening in the world around us with me, Father Tim Smith, or my guest here, Chris Euler. Chris is a catechist and a Catholic school teacher, and so he knows what it's like being in the school system <laughs> and uh, trying to communicate the Catholic faith in the world today. Um, there, you know, there's a lot we can do, so we'd like to have you just give us a call. Again, 877 and uh, just a lot of beautiful things that are happening in the life of the church today. Chris, how, how's teaching going these days? You know, we're midway through the school year. Yeah. Well, it's going really well. I tell you what, like, I am loving teaching my religion classes. And um, every day in the lessons we teach, you know, 
trying to make it applicable to their lives, but also the questions I get that are so curious and beautiful and it helps them grow in faith. Oh, it's awesome. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, it, it's just a matter of uh, what what kind of curriculum have you been working on as you are uh, teaching the faith these days? Yeah, so I, well, I'm teaching uh, eighth graders right now, and we just finished up a unit on social responsibility, talking about uh, building a virtue of justice, right, giving to people what is due to them, um, and then living our lives accordingly. So, like, we closed up. We started by talking about uh, spiritual corporate works of mercy, and then we closed up by... Um, Jesus talking about he, how he separates the sheep from the goats and uh, goats on his left, sheep on his right, and some will be entering the kingdom of heaven because of what they did to the least of his people. And so uh, that was fun with my eighth grade. And then with my seniors, we're, we're reading the book of Mere Christianity. and Oh, it's awesome. Talking about how like there is a truth. There's a higher power out there that gives us meaning and that gives us the ability to love our neighbor. But we're thinking through it. We're working on some logic, some philosophy, setting the foundation, and then we're gonna then we're gonna we're gonna hit it hard with some good uh, moral theology. So beautiful, beautiful curriculum that you that you have there. If you have questions about the Catholic faith, perhaps you had a had a good education, and you you have some more further questions. Perhaps there's things that you want to talk about. Maybe it's about those works of mercy. You want to talk about. Um, scripture, moral theology, you can give us a call here on the Real call, uh, Real Presence Live segment, Straight Talk, 877-795-0122. You can also submit your questions on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio on Facebook, and you can also go ahead and submit them through the Real Presence Radio app. Um, you can call in, you can send those questions in via email, but well, most especially Facebook's probably one of the quicker online ways. You can give us a question about the Catholic faith. Um, you know, Chris, as we can continue to begin the new year, we're in ordinary time. Yeah. As we uh, see the vestiture, those who attend daily Mass and see now that uh, Father's been wearing the color green for the last couple of days. And then it also means the scripture readings. We, we follow the lectionary, the cycle of readings. And um, something I told my parishioners here at Holy Cross just yesterday is I'm excited because now in the lectionary we're having readings from the first book of Samuel. Mm. And so we really learn a lot about the history history of Israel. We're going to learn about the history of uh, how the kingship, the kings of Israel were were appointed and, and, and to, the people asked for a king to be put over them. We're learning about this part of salvation history in the lectionary. And the first book of Samuel is f- for me and my own uh, experience, my own prayer, my spiritual life is rich in in uh, humanity and, and the experience of God, uh, the work of the prophet Samuel, the work mm-hmm. of the Lord intervening in the lives of the people of Israel, his children. And it, it really is a plenty of opportunity to pray with the scripture text. So I want to encourage our listeners, if you have a daily missal, if you have one of those uh, daily reading booklets that you get from your church, to spend some time praying with the first reading for the next several weeks Contained within the first book of Samuel, of course, is, is the account of David and Goliath. David, uh, of course, Goliath being a Philistine. And in today's scriptures, we hear about the encounter, the battle between the people of Israel with the Philistines. And, and uh, it kind of sets the stage. It won't be long. You're going to... This is before this encounter between David and Goliath. And so, so often these, some of these big scripture passages are known to us. Oh, I, yeah, I know about David and <laughs> Goliath. But to really dive in and learn the full context. And I always enc- encourage 
uh, some of my uh, my parishioners sometimes I'll say you have homework this Sunday before you go home <laughs> to turn on the football game. I want you to pull out your copy of the scriptures and I want you to read all of Acts chapter ten, not just the little section we have at mass today. Or I want you to read all of First Samuel or the first few chapters to uh, really learn the history. Um, it's a beautiful text, you know. Chris, do you have any Old Testament books that stand out to you and your when you when you spend time with Scripture? Do you have anything that you like to pray with? Right, a big thing that has been uh, I've prayed with lately has been just like the stories of creation, mm-hmm. right? Genesis um, early on, and especially like focusing on um, the relationship of Adam of e- Adam and Eve. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, as I am married, as I look at Adam and Eve as as a couple as a relation to God, um, as they broke that relationship with God, um, and being able to kind of, okay, what's my role as a man? How did, and I, I, I've i listened to some scripture theologians and scripture scholars and talking of, okay, as a man, Adam, okay? What, what did he do? Did he pick the apple from the tree? No, no. But how did he fail? Right? How did he let down his bride? He didn't. He he didn't stop it. He didn't say no. This is not good for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as I sit and pray with that, like recognizing, okay, like how am I going to lead my family? If there's because there's going to be attacks, there's going to be affronts on my wife, on my son, on on myself. Um, but that's probably my favorite thing to read. Just kind of recognizing, okay, God created me good. God created us good. God created my union with my wife is good. Um, and as a man, holding up, upholding that, right? Mm-hmm. Like my my role is protector. My role is a guide. And my wife and I work hand in hand, right? We are together in a mission. We are commissioned together. And so uh, we can't do it alone, right? She keeps me grounded. She keeps me humble. She helps me think because, well... That we'll let her, well, yeah. If she's ever on the air sometime, <laughs> we'll let her we'll <laughs> talk let, about that. We'll let your wife be a co- be a co-host someday. Oh my it'll be gosh! Great to hear from her. She sure could call in. You should call in, honey. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's, that's great. right. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. But yeah, Adam and Eve, the relationship with God, the fall, and how we work to repair that in our day to day life and learn from it. That's my my money. Beautiful. Money scriptures. Maybe you have a, or our listeners have a favorite uh, passage of scripture or something that you've had questions about. Give us a call here at Real Presence Radio. Again, the number to call us to participate in the show is 877-795-0122. You can give the question at the top to our screener and they'll, they'll help you prepare. You can also give questions to us about the faith, about scriptures, about teachings of the Catholic faith. Uh, and you can do that on our Facebook page. Uh, just a beautiful opportunity. Perhaps, uh, you know, there's something about the scriptures you've, you've found peculiar to you. Um, this last Sunday was a great opportunity for us to reflect upon uh, the ministry of the church and mm-hmm. the ministry of, you know, bearing witness and bearing testimony. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity for us to really see the importance of living as missionaries, you know, um, you know, something we just talked about at the top of the show here was when we were speaking with one of our focus missionaries. Um, you know, just seeing how 
you know, Mike Mortensen as a focused missionary proclaiming the gospel. But even in our Sunday scriptures we had at Mass this last Sunday, we get this beautiful testimony of St. Peter who goes to the house of Cornelius. Who was Cornelius? Cornelius would have been a centurion, which means he would have been a Roman soldier. Mm -hmm. Here's Peter. He knows what Roman soldiers do. Remember, he ran away from them. He ran away from the cross. He wouldn't go to the cross when the centurions were seeing Jesus being crucified there. They were crucifying him. And here, after the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Pentecost, Peter is willing to be a missionary. He's willing not only to just be around these centurions, he's willing to go to the house of Cornelius and preach to them, give them the proclamation. And so, as I mentioned to my people this weekend here at Holy Cross, this is one of the homilies from our first pope right here in the scriptures. I mean, that's the great real fact. You know, the vicar of Christ, St. Peter, preaching in the house of Cornelius, not only as Peter changed by the gospel and the power of the resurrection, he's willing to go in and preach into the home in the household of a Roman soldier and probably would have had several other soldiers, his wife and baby. And what happens? The power of the Holy Spirit by Peter's boldness comes into that household and transforms it. And then when all the Holy Spirit comes, if you read all of Acts chapter 10, Peter says, let us baptize these people. These people need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Not only was that Jesus's great commission to us, but it's an example for us to be bold in our faith, just as Mike is as a focused missionary, mm-hmm. and for all our listeners to be bold in the faith, to listen to those promptings of the Spirit when you feel that nudge to say, yeah, go there and, and proclaim the gospel, and, and don't be afraid of your faith. Live as a missionary disciple. If you have questions or concerns on how you can do that in our world today, give us a call. This is our Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122. You can call us with questions and concerns on your Catholic faith. You know, Chris, you've before you you were involved in focus mm-hmm. and you had lived as a missionary yeah. with some some people who i think are radical missionaries for christ right not only are you a catholic school teacher a loving husband and father former and uh, you know discipler and being part of focus missionary prior to that you had traveled the country as a missionary for christ with heart as nails ministry yeah chris how? What's your experience as living that boldness of St. Peter that we heard about in the scriptures this Sunday? How did that change for you? When did you become strong where you were willing to go and proclaim the gospel to other people? Well, I, and I got to say, my conversion really happened within high school, right? I, I encountered Jesus through my, my, uh, my religion teachers, through uh, uh, my friends, through different sacramental encounters, and then I had a chance to go to Rome, and then kind of I experienced St. Peter. I got to go on the Scabby tour to see his bones, and he's my confirmation saint. So I have a very close relationship with him, and so the Holy Spirit was obviously guiding me to something like that. And so mm-hmm. uh, making that choice to travel as year, uh, with Heart as Nails Ministries for a year, um, it was not easy, right? But God graced me and gave me the ability to stand up for truth, to stand up for faith. I still made mistakes, right? I was... I was I lacked courage at times. My boldness uh, was hindered. Just as Saint Peter's, right? Remember uh, on the Oppian Way, he's <laughs> leaving Rome because he knows he's going to die, and Jesus is like, "Petro, Covadis, where are you going, Peter?" Peter's like, "I'm, I'm," or Domini Covadis. Oh, I, I butchered that one. 
And Jesus says, I'm going back to be crucified for you. And so um, it was really my junior, senior year of high school where I kind of had this turnaround in my heart, this recognition in my heart, which it wasn't all in, mm-hmm. mind you. Mm-hmm. But there was, that, there was something going on. And I took the leap of faith, did a year of hardest nails, and um, it wasn't easy. It was transformative. Um, it left me with um, some different things to think about and reflect on. Um, but it, it, it led me to where I am today because a bold, a bold step in faith and the grace building upon that nature. And, it's, and that's it. It's that deep encounter. It's like we're not doing these things on our own limited human powers or own right. limited understanding. It comes out of an encounter with the person, uh, the person of Jesus Christ. And most especially, just, you know, serving him. And, and out of that encounter, we can be strengthened. And that's the encounter that St. Peter had with Jesus started when he first met him on the shores of Galilee. Right. When he said, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And from that um, is, is a great opportunity to hear the voice of the Lord and follow him. You know, we have a question here on Facebook. Uh, Phil wants to know, what does it mean when a pope speaks ex cathedra? And what is a papal bull, and how is that different than an encyclical? So, you know, the greatest thing is when we really want to know these terms and how they differentiate differentiate themselves among each other. Other questions about papal infallibility, we speak about St. Peter, St. Peter, our first pope. Um, so when we hear those words in the scriptures from Acts chapter 10, we could say, was that a papal bull? Was that an, <laughs> was that a encyclical? Was that a homily? The Pope's homilies are recorded. We can go back in history and read many of the, mm-hmm. of the Holy Father's homilies throughout the centuries. Well, of course, in the scriptures, they're, they're inspired by the word of God, you know, and, and that's a great testimony. I want to recommend to all our listeners and Phil as well is a great resource is the Modern Catholic Dictionary. It's written by Servant of God. John Hardin, who is a very holy priest who lived in the last 50 years. Father Hardin has given us a wonderful directory on terms, and this helps us. With all these things, we want to get, what's a good Catholic definition? Well, Father Hardin has a great resource. This is something that every person can have in their home. You can get one of these online, you know, through any online bookseller really readily, but it's also available as a free resource. If you just typed in Father Hardin's Catholic Dictionary, you can have these glossary of terms. And so Father Hardin gives very succinct answers. So when the Pope speaks ex cathedra, it, this is a term that resp- rep- really comes from the Latin term, from the chair. And this is when the Pope speaks from the chair of authority as the visible head of all Christians. And his teaching is not dependent upon the consent of the church, and it is, it is, not, it is irreformable. So it is the church speaking clearly, succinctly on the matters of faith and morals, and it's a, an explicit exercise of papal infallibility. If you want to have a under, better understanding of how that becomes clear, we can we can actually maybe read some of the documents of Vatican I, mm-hmm. which occurred in the mid 1800s and in, in the in the nineteenth century, and that's where we have more definition on that in the life of the church. You know, Phil also asked about a papal bull. And this is a solemn and weighty form of a papal letter, and it's it's derived from the Latin term bulla, and it's really it has a certain seal attached to the document, and it's used by the Pope in appointing a bishop. 
formerly all papal letters of major importance, including the canonization decrees. We just had some saints canonized, uh, blessed uh, St. John Henry Newman. Um, these are bulls. Whenever the, 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 pul- the Pope issues one of these papal bulls, uh, announces a new bishop, there'll be more papal bulls coming out in the United States as we await the appointment of more bishops. These papal letters, and of course encyclicals are, are matters of teaching that the Holy Father gives. They're letters those that, that are written to the church, to the whole faithful, um, all bishops, priests, and all the faithful in matters of faith to teach us, to, to give us things. And of course there's difference in these documents that the Holy See releases. And so I want to encourage that for people. We have a caller on the line, Mary from Duluth, and not yet. Let's see here if we can uh, have another question here. Um, if there are a listener on the phone, uh, they had a question about Bishop-elect Donald DeGruy. And uh, is, they were wondering, he already has the bishop gear on, <laughs> but he hasn't been ordained yet. Why has he already changed his attire? Well, that's a great question. I think as soon as you receive that that pontifical, I don't know the specifics on that. So, but it's my uh, it is my understanding. I remember uh, when uh, auxiliary bishop Cousins, when he was named auxiliary bishop, uh, you know, he already wears the pectoral cross, and he already may wear you know the bishop's uh, zucchetto that he has on there, de- designating him as a bishop. Um, so as soon as he receives that which would have come by a papal bull, as we just mm-hmm. learned about from Father Hardin's uh, dictionary. As soon as that announcement or that decree was made, even though he hasn't been ordained a bishop, that already is a signifier that he's received that. that now, he's not uh, ordained or he hasn't taken on or been installed as a formal bishop, but um, I think it's just a matter to signify that that proclamation by the Holy See has been made. And so um, there's nothing to prevent that. I guess a similar way would be as soon as I received candidacy to the priesthood, I did begin dressing as a cleric. And so I would walk around um, when I would do hospital ministry, oh, even though I wasn't even ordained a deacon yet. But I had received, you know, I was an acolyte. I was working in the church. I was preparing f- to be for holy orders. And uh, at that time, I would publicly dress as a cleric and I would do ministry in the hospital visit the sick and things and sometimes people would say father and I would say well I'm not a father yet I'm a seminarian you know so I think it's a similar sort of instance you know taking a public role in the life of the church and that's a signification of that Um, Mary is on the line with us from Duluth Mary what question might you have for us here on Real Presence Live oh hello Um, yes I have a question about a book that was recommended to me. May I say the title? Um, sh- sure. If it's a book you have a question about, these things are all out there in the public sphere. So, um, you know, uh, go ahead and say the title okay. of this book and what your questions and, and what would made you, make you want to know about it, too. Okay. It's called The Warning, Testimonies and Prophecies of the Illumination of Conscience. And it was recommended by a friend who's very Catholic, but I'm just a little concerned because I don't know if the Church really teaches the illumination of conscience, and um, a little book descriptor here would describe that as a critical moment in human history when every person alive will see their soul in the light of divine truth. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, great question, Mary. And I think even to reset your question, Mary, a great question would be, how do I understand? There's The world's full of books. So I can go to Amazon. There's all sorts of different things. How do, how do our listeners understand whether it's this particular book, The Warning, or any other number of books that might be recommended or could be even a parish group study is, is this a book worth investing the time to know? And is also, is this book a book that is good for me as a member of the church and a faithful person, even though it may come from a recommendation of a close friend, family member, perhaps even a sister or brother or a priest? But is this book a book that is worthwhile or something that I should be reading? So that's the fundamental question, but then this one particular question. I do not know the title, The Warning, um, and I, I don't know the actual where it comes from. My One thing, as I would say, is one thing the Church does give us when there are certain books that teach on matters of faith, matters of revelation, whether they be private or public. Mm-hmm. Of course, private revelation books would be like The Diary of St. Faustina. Many of these texts will have the uh, imprimatur, which it says the nihil obstat. We've talked about that on Real Presence Live in the past, but which basically is a theologian, someone designated in the life of the church, has reviewed the materials, and they do not find anything objectionable in them. I'm confident the title you mentioned, The Warning, just by its nature and how it's, it perhaps is widely acclaimed and captivating, but is not an ecclesiastical mm-hmm. book, and so it does not have the imprimatur. So the first thing in a general sense would to say, well, as a member of the church, does does that mean I can only read books that have the imprimatur? Because there are m- many books. In fact, I would say most do not in the world today have that public imprimatur. So I wouldn't limit myself to only reading books that have that. There's so many great works of literature, um, as well as things like Mere Christianity, Chris talked about today, which many Catholics, bishops, and priests have been moved by the writings of C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't outline not reading any other works of faith, but to know that it's substantive and that it's rooted in the truth. You know, one thing I would also want to caution there- against is uh, other things of like anything that speaks of of uh, certain uh, private understandings that. Anything that that can go wrong in Christianity, there's nothing new under the sun. And so the heresies of Pelagianism, Gnosticism, which would proclaim some secret knowledge in the faith, oh, that that existed in the life of the church in the year 300, 200, 400. Some of these ideas contained in some books are just (laughs) brought back some of those false ideas about Christianity a long time ago. So even terms like illumination of conscience, I'm not sure. To me, that kind of sniffs a little bit like some sort of Gnostic secret Mm -hmm. knowledge, but I don't know the title. I've never read the contents of that book, so I can't to our listeners to say judge that. But I would say it does send my censors off a little bit. Knowing and understanding well, the heresies, does mine too. you know, yeah. knowing knowing what I would encourage yeah. is, uh, you know, s- spend that time. If you feel uncomfortable by it, I would just say politely thank the person, decline the offer, and just say, oh, I have a lot on my reading list. And if you're concerned about the ideas that, that they're maybe influencing another person, I would just in- recommend them to find something else that would uh, direct them. And of course, you can never go wrong reading the sacred scriptures or reading any of those books that have been widely approved by the church to read. So thank you for your question, Mary. I really appreciate that. We've got another question on the line. So when uh, 
Thank you for that question. Um, one of these questions, this listener wants to know, can you explain the, the sacrament of confirmation? What is happening or any special graces given? Well, this is, we talked about those preparing for the sacrament of confirmation. Within our listening area, the sacrament of confirmation um, is administered to people of actually quite a wide uh, age difference. Um, In the Diocese of Fargo, uh, young people are confirmed at a young age. Throughout the practice of the church, people have been confirmed at different ages in the different rites of the church, whether they're Eastern Rite Catholics, sometimes they receive the Sacrament of Confirmation at the very same moment of their baptism. And then also we know people that are in RCIA programs who are coming into the Catholic Church in full communion, they'll receive that Sacrament of Confirmation at the Easter Vigil every year. Mm-hmm. So all these great examples, but what is happening at that Sacrament of Confirmation? Ultimately, again, getting back to causes and conditions, again, to all our listeners, a good Catholic dictionary, Good Catholic Dictionary. Just type in Catholic Dictionary on your search engine. You can find Father Hardin's reference, and it will give a succinct, doctrinally correct uh, understanding of what these sacraments are. But ultimately, the Sacrament of Confirmation fulfills and completes the graces that were first given to us, those gifts of the Holy Spirit that we received at our Christian baptism. And of course, those gifts are wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, piety, fortitude, fear of the Lord. Chris, can you tell I memorize those things? <laughs> can you tell that I've been teaching on them for uh-huh. years now, and I will continue till the end of my life? Can I, can I tell you, Chris, that those particular gifts of the Holy Spirit is what I rely upon to follow Jesus? Because I need those gifts. Right. I need the power, the sanctifying grace, and that the that those are actually real ways that those graces, and I want to just reiterate this for all our listeners, if you're struggling in, in the virtue of fortitude or virtue or even temperance, for example, I just can't stop you know, eating too much or I can't get away from streaming video. First off, get in a state of sanctifying grace. Go to reconciliation. Get that mm-hmm. power of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life. And then call upon those gifts of the Holy Spirit, which you received in confirmation, with baptism and fulfilled in confirmation, so that the gift of wisdom or fortitude can strengthen you in living the Christian life, so you can overcome that adversity, so you can face the workday and, and face that difficult family situation with power and grace. And so the sacrament of confirmation is vital for us to be filled with God's love and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Chris is watching me get so excited about this. <laughs> well, no, I'm, it's, it is an exciting thing because we are given that gift, right? And just as every gift, like we just open gift pres- gifts at Christmas, right? Yeah. Well, we can't use a gift if we don't open the gift, right? We Amen. can't receive a gift unless we take it and we have to take hold of it. We have to choose it, right? And like, I'm guilty of this. I've been confirmed, right? I'm guilty of being like trying to do things on my own all the time, right? I I don't always choose <laughs> to use what has been given unto me freely for my salvation. And so, no, it's something like it, it's something to be fired up about. It's something to be excited about because frankly, we have a duty. Amen to that. And and you know, one one thing that's in the minds of many of our listeners is what about all those Catholics who are out there who are not using those gifts, who have strayed from the faith, who have been on their own way. What about those people? Well, those gifts are laying dormant. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And brothers and sisters, it takes one metanoia, one change of heart, one conversion, one good confession for the power of those gifts because God is master of the impossible. He can make grace out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And he will activate the power of those gifts of the Holy Spirit that were received in baptism, fulfilled in confirmation, and make that person with their cooperation and their free will, their free intellect, to be followers of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, that is not only the mission of us here as disciples and evangelizers, but that's the mission of Real Presence Radio. And what we do here at Real Presence Live, when we shine a light on the beautiful things that God is doing in our Catholic faith. And so uh, we want to thank you for all those who have called in on Real Presence Live. Um, Our segment is every week. You can always give us a call or give us your questions ahead of time on Facebook. Coming up next, it's time for our annual Honor Our Fathers segment. We'll also have more questions, and you'll learn about a retreat that is changing the lives of the faithful right here. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Chris Euler. And we're broadcasting live from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich. God bless you, and have a good day. Stay with us.